0: Welcome back, everyone, to Music of the Year. I am continuing to be your host, Stephen Myring, Taylor's on the boards. Continuing to be your co-host is Caitlin Argeros.
1: Hi, Link is our all-on-the-boards.
0: And continuing to be your co-co-host. Hi, Mike Salvato. Mike on the boards. And joining us is another super amazing, wonderful guest who was with us last year and has graciously agreed to join us as a super guest to diversify our picks and make us all look classier, Jason Napolitano.
2: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: Not at all, thank you for joining us again. Uh, we, When we were planning the episode, uh, you made your picks, and I remember Mike, I think Mike either texted me or wrote in the email, he was like, holy crap, I don't know what any of this is. Uh, and that's always a good sign. Uh, always awesome to get something in here that the rest of us haven't chosen I and mean, that's part of why i love having guests that aren't necessarily from rpg fan just because you know we all sort of exist in this insular community of just picking things that we love and uh, we talk so much that i think we tend to sort of develop some similar tastes sometimes so it's good to branch out and have things such as the ones you've selected so Jason, yeah. do you want to briefly introduce uh, the three tracks you'll be playing before we listen to them and chat them?
2: Sure, yeah, yeah. It was actually really tough. I went back, you know, I always use VGMDB as kind of my source to go through the past year of releases, and, you know, there were a lot of big releases I didn't listen to this year, like I'm, I'm still waiting to listen to Tree of Savior, and, which I'm sure would probably be somewhere near the top of my list if, if I was able to listen to it, but uh, there's a lot of big games that I haven't been able to play yet. I haven't played uh, Bloodborne yet, and um, yeah, that's on my list. So I was going through, and you know, I was kind of unimpressed with a lot of what came out this year. Um, so that's probably why my, the stuff I picked isn't well-known. It's kind of obscure. And it just so happened to be that I, I really enjoyed this music, and they all are... Um, from RPGs, which I guess is kind of typical for me. But I was surprised that... Uh, you know, I started looking into some of these games to see what they actually were. And they all are um, RPGs and are very fitting. So the first one is uh, the battle theme um, for the Adele, I guess, portion of Imperial Saga. Um, and, you know, I really enjoyed, enjoyed that soundtrack all throughout. But um, I thought the Adele segment was kind of the one to go with. And then the second track that we're going to listen to is the Q-Field from... Um, oh gosh, I don't even know how you pronounce this game. Q-rar? Q-Rare? Q U R A R E. It's a Korean card battle RPG that is actually coming to PS4 um, soon. Um, and so it has some Korean composers, um, SD and Knots and the new, newcomer, Tack, and that's who, who wrote this one. And then the third one is... Um, from School Strikers, which was a CD that Square Enix put out um, last year that features music by, I have to look this up, um, some of the music is by Mitsudo Suzuki, so there's kind of that whole Final Fantasy 13 um, vibe to it, but also the rest of the music is done by a Kengo Tokusashi. So um, really good music, and it was hard just to pick one track, but I feel like this one kind of was
0: the best of the bunch. So those are the three tracks that we're going to listen to excellent well then let's go ahead and start listening to him right now and then we can share our thoughts Oh, So much like the Saga music from Super Nintendo.
2: Yes, that was the whole... That was why I was so excited. And I and from the Wikipedia, announced in December 2014 as a 2015 release, the game is played in the user's internet browser and is a single player, um, but features a new story within the Saga setting. So yes, this yeah. is a browser-based oh, uh, Saga game. And so it sounds like there's four different scenarios, four different characters that you play as. And... Um, You know, Adele is one of them, but you, it's cool because they have some of the, you know, it's the same themes arranged over and over again through different characters' kind of lens. Oh, neat. So it's kind of like the rock one, which is Adele. There's the orchestral one, which is Heroes. Um, There's like this really spooky kind of creepy one. Um, and then I can't really remember the last one. But, um, yeah, so there, you hear the same things arranged different ways. It's really cool. Um, there's actually some Final Fantasy Tactics references in um, the orchestral set, which was composed by, um, who was it? It was uh, Noriyuki Kamikura, who used to be a Basis Game.
0: Was that so, bassist? Yeah. it? <laughs> yeah,
2: so if you listen to I think it's Advance Heroes, which is track 14 on the first album. There's actually... Um, the There's like some notes that you'll recognize From Final Fantasy Tactics That I thought was really cool
1: Yeah, yeah. actually Mentioned the little the, the, uh, the hunt that you went on To try and find out whether or not that, Those references were intentional And yeah. if, uh, if Sakimoto-san knew <laughs> About it, it was a good little story
2: Yeah, yeah So, you know, I, I do some work with um, Sakimoto-san, so I emailed him and said Hey, did you hear this? Did you know that they had done this? <laughs> and his comment was like, yeah, they probably asked him to do that, you know, kind of thing. But, um, yeah, it's really kind of interesting that, that they would go for that that reference, or, you know, or maybe he asked if he could. But the title makes me wonder what it's all about to advance, you know, kind of like a tactical scenario kind of thing, I'm wondering. But, um, but yeah, so it's really cool because, you know, the actual music is composed by Kenji Ito, and... Tsutomu Narita from um, Dog Year and so uh, it's, it's great music all throughout and then also really true to the Saga sound because you have Kenji Ito who's coming off all these great rock arrange albums he's done for Saga so some of the um, tracks that you'll hear um, sound like they would be right off of one of those rock albums yeah so,
0: like he must have been in that headspace because I just I'm not super familiar with a lot of like the old style Super, uh, super Nintendo Saga music But I know I've played a lot of the DLC and Curtain Call from the the various sagas, and I hear this, and just the progression of the song and the way the melody is layered in there is just so consistent with what he's done in the past for it. I like that a lot.
2: Yeah. And going back and listening to this this track that I picked, Battle Adele, which is track four on the first album, our first CD, it sounds... It sounds exactly like, you know, I was thinking kind of SNES, but it's actually more like PlayStation era, I think. It sounds very uh, tastefully dated, you know, back to that time where you're listening to, say, like a Wild Arms or a or a Beyond the Beyond kind of thing, I thought, when you're listening to this track. And so I, I was really just kind of enjoying that kind of retro vibe that they did without overdoing it. You don't really hear a whole lot of stuff going back to that era of gaming. You know, everybody's talking about... 8-bit and 16-bit so to go back to 32 is kind of cool
0: yeah i always whenever there are throwback games i'm always like man can't you throw back to the era that i remember most vividly because not that i missed the super nintendo era but there was just so much crazy interesting music in the early ps1 days and you know obviously elsewhere too but those days just had such a distinctive sound that's so hard to hear now just because it was like We were still hanging on the edge of having those technical limitations, where they were having to come up, or um, musicians were having to come up with creative ways to essentially express the sound they wanted. Right. Um. I translated an interview recently with a composer who talked about that a lot too, and it was just really cool to get that perspective of like, even a lot of musicians are like, yeah, you know, I. I had limitations, so it made me think creatively and challenged me as, like a, you know, as a, as a writer of music. And it made once I had no limitations, it essentially changed my style for the better. So it's kind of cool.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it seems like you know we're getting a lot of eight-bit stuff, obviously. Um, I think people are. It's really hard to write, I guess, SNES style music because there's not really um, a set sound bank. It's sample based, but it's it's like. Yeah, you know, there's really strict limitations on the quality of the samples. So I think, you know, Jake Kaufman has done, um, he did an SNES soundtrack for like a Western RPG that he did. Um, but it's supposedly, you know, it's not like you can just load up Famitracker for SNES and write some music. Um, so going back to 16, 16 bits where it's at for me, that's kind of like the golden age for, for me as a kid. Um, I want to hear more of that, but it's just, I guess it's hard to replicate. So... Um, the PlayStation, it seems like you kind of have unlimited resources basically except like space, so people used like crummy instruments but were able to have you know, as many channels as they wanted and, um, and, and those kinds of things, so um, yeah, I was really just excited about the soundtrack and you know, I, I know the Saga, I never really played any of the Saga games, period um, but I have listened to all the music. You know I, I listened to that soundtrack box they put out some years back um, and it's all really good, so
0: yeah, this was a nice treat. Worth experiencing if you're not familiar with it, definitely. And so the the second track you played was the Q Field from a game whose name I'm again going to butcher, but I'm going to call it Q Rare because that looks, that sounds cute to me. It yeah. Q Rare. Wow, that that one didn't work. Uh,
2: so, have you guys covered this at all on RPG Fan?
0: No. I don't think we have. This is the actually the first like the, uh, when you pop the music in your list of picks, it was sort of the first time I had ever heard of it.
1: Yeah, yeah here. so
2: here. Yeah, people are I guess really excited about this game. Um, and I think I know mostly about it cuz I do some work with S D and knots. So that's why I was tempted not to pick it, but fortunately the track I picked is not composed by them. But that's how I came to know it is uh is through them. It's a it's a Korean made card battle RPG of some sort and I guess there's been a lot of excitement about it because it's coming to PlayStation 4 and there's actually been some hype but you know I, I read a lot of uh, Siliconera also and so I think they've been t- writing about it an awful lot um, and so I listening to the soundtrack I was actually kind of it was difficult to pick between the second track on the album which is the Q Field, that's the one we heard and then track 11 which is the Q battle which is also really good um, so I recommend checking out the soundtrack. and those, the, Both tracks are actually by um, Tak, this, this new Korean composer that I don't know a whole lot about and he doesn't have a link on um, VGMDB so I can't really see what else he's done. But, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a Google Android game in Korea and they're porting it over to like PlayStation 4 or I don't know if they're making a new one or what they're doing. But uh, it sounds pretty pretty interesting. And, you know, it's kind of right along the line of all the Korean RPG music that you'll hear. It's really well produced, electronic in style, a lot of synth bends, and kind of that kind of rag rock-esque. That's why I'm looking really forward to listening to um, Tree of Savior. But uh, this, w- this will hold me over until then. So.
0: Yeah, the sound in this is really interesting, and it's... Um, I know that... Kind of a... Go ahead, Caleb.
1: It's kind of like a trance sound almost Yeah. this track, which is really rad. Uh,
0: And it's interesting, too. um, I actually was reading slash translating an article recently um, on, like, the Korean um, mass media scene and how uh, it's sort of in, like, the term they're using isn't a cultural renaissance, but because of um, measures taken by the government to sort of facilitate the production of like artistic works, like anime and video games, and uh, video game like appreciation. Um, There's apparently more, you know, Korean games um, making it elsewhere uh, than ever before. And so, not that that relates specifically to the music, but the uniqueness of the sound uh, of the sound of the of the Q field just sort of uh, reminded me of that of that article. Um, because it really does have a sort of interesting trancey sound that almost, for some reason, reminds me of Fantasy Star Online Episode 3, Card Revolution. And I don't know if that's because it's a card game as well, and I just want to have that connection, because no, <laughs> no one loves that game enough. Card course, games must have it. trance music. Yes. The
1: soul of the card game.
0: <laughs> but, you know, it's, uh, I don't know if it's wishful thinking on my part, because I love that game, but uh, I did really like this one, too. And again, I... I don't I must have just missed it coming because it does seem to be really popular like if you look up I looked it up on Google image search and half of it is people cosplaying the characters from the game So it clearly is not a small thing.
2: Yeah, here's a synopsis if anyone cares Q rare magic library is set in the library of Babel that contains all the knowledge in the universe when the library is destroyed three apprentices librarian, hopeful, Miyu, former military specialist, Delphin, and Sela, a girl from a privileged background, go off on a journey to reclaim the lost knowledge. The game is a card-battling game with cooperative play and online raids. And that's from uh, Silicon Era, written in 2015, so... uh, Sounds like, yeah, they're basically developing a new PS4 version of their game that was on mobile, so that seems kind of, um... kind of an interesting route to take, but, uh... I'm looking sounds, forward to checking it
1: out. It's like a game that I have to play being a librarian myself. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm sure. a, the a last librarian. <laughs> so I yeah, if the whole
2: soundtrack is, uh, sorry, the whole soundtrack is really kind of this whole sound, so I think anyone who likes this track should look into the rest of it because it's all really good.
3: Yeah, I like it. It's, it's trance and electronic like you said, but it kind of has a, it, it's that, but it's also a little lighter. I'm not really a big fan of like a lot of electronic stuff. But I like this one a lot. I think because it's not just that. It has some other aspects to it that were pretty interesting.
2: Yeah, it's pretty... It's bubbly.
3: It's, a, it's, it's, yeah, it's upbeat. Yeah,
2: yeah it's... it's uh, yeah, it's really good stuff. And it reminds me, again, of like all the rag rock and Granado Espada and all that stuff. So it's kind of what drew me to it. Yeah. But I think Korean Korean development studios, I mean, they have... They put the money into the music. Um, you know, they, they invest... And you can tell, you know, when you hear it, that that they've they've done a good job on, you know, writing the music, mixing it, mastering it, doing all the stuff. And then the, I just love Korean um, artwork too. You know, they, all the, the the kind of the the spin that they have on the kind of Japanese anime style. Um, it's kind of their own. They've kind of made it their own, and I really enjoy a lot of the art that comes with these games. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, K R like uh, not K-pop, but like uh, Korean artwork is really interesting because, like, I know, you know, if you if you're not probably as well versed in things like this as probably I would assume the four of us are, um, you know, it can be confused for anime from Japan, but I, I have found that it has sort of a style on its own, and it usually is characterized by that sort of hyper detailed, really colorful artwork, um, and you know for me that it's really interesting to hear the music because like uh oh a few episodes ago we played something from uh, magna carta tears of blood which is a horrible video game um <laughs> but a lot of people really liked it and the music was so good um you know not to generalize and say all korean games have this similar sound but uh they i have found that the the creative approach is just different by necessity of it just being you know from a different place um, so it's it's cool to sort of hear that different style of sound because I think I think and even I'm guilty of this. People sometimes forget that music comes from more than just you know uh, Europe and the U.S. and Japan from games. Uh, so it's interesting to sort of get different uh, cultural heritage represented.
2: For sure, and I think you know I don't know how I mean I don't know when you say like cultural heritage. I almost think of like ethnic music. But, um, yeah, I mean, you listen to, like, you know, you go back and listen to Ragnarok Online. I think they were aiming for, you know, kind of doing a diverse kind of set of music and featuring different instruments. But it just seems like a lot of, <laughs> a lot of the Korean game music that I enjoy is all this electronic music. And it seems like a lot of games feature that for some reason. I don't really know why. Um, but it seems like there's a lot, you know, if you go back and listen to Granado Spot or Ragnarok Online or any of these games... Um, this soundtrack, for example, it's a lot of trance and techno and you know drum and bass and I don't know why that is, but um, I guess maybe that's that kind of their let's let's make it exciting and, and energetic hip. But, but but it seems like that's that's kind of like one of the big styles that's that's represented in a lot of these games that at least I have been listening to and playing. so
0: well that was a great one too. So your third track, This is from Schoolgirl Strikers, which I had sort of not heard of, but it was one of those things that I was unconsciously hearing because it's produced by Square Enix in Japan, and so I know I've seen it around. And so when I saw the artwork, I was like, oh, right. I do sort of have an inkling of what this is. Um, And so I didn't know that it's uh, Mitsudo Suzuki. Um, It's also, I think you said, Kengo Tokusashi, who did this song in particular. but so I actually uh, listened to this whole soundtrack um, and it's a really good one. Um, it's, you know, just cause for me having had no conscious awareness of this, the existence of this school girl Strikers thing, uh, you know, I just, I was like, Oh, what is this? Oh, it's Square it. How did I miss this? Um, but this song in particular, um, I think we're calling it begin the emergency mission. Yeah. That sounds right-ish. Um, I love the light sound that it has. Um, it almost gives me a like chrono vibe
2: yeah you kind of got that whole celtic vibe but just yeah. like this really thick deep warm bass that i really just enjoy it's kind of like what sets it apart from a lot of other stuff because it's funny because grand blue the song i picked from grand blue fantasy last year was also a celtic track um so I, when i picked this one i was like oh it's kind of the same thing as last year but you know i really enjoy the the baseline in this one and it's just upbeat and bubbly and exciting, and um, you know, I, th- I actually just looked up um, Tokusashi on uh, VGMDB. It looks like they collaborated on Lightning Returns. He was an arranger and performer. Um, oh, really? On, I uh, didn't know that. Yeah, and also on um, Thirteen Two. Yeah, no so kidding. It looks like no. that's where maybe that's where they're you know they've worked together before, so they did it again here. But yeah, I knew nothing. I know I knew nothing, and still know nothing about. Um, this game, or, or series if it is a series, but it looks like it is a um, card collecting mobile game with JRPG and visual novel influences. Um, and you know, it's funny because I'll, I'll listen to some of these, these soundtracks from Square Enix and, and really like fall in love with the music and never play the game and then go back years later and say like, you know what, I've been enjoying this soundtrack for a really long time, what's the deal? And I'll go back and play the game. Like, Nier was one of those games. I listened to the soundtrack first. I love the soundtrack. I didn't play it until two years after the game came out. Um, so I think uh, this is kind of, if you listen to the soundtrack, it's really diverse. There's kind of like darker tracks. There's orchestral ones. There's a nice Christmas remix on there. Um, this one kind of jumped out as me as kind of the most, maybe that's kind of a, well, I guess, I guess I picked a battle theme first. But I guess I tend to like the really upbeat, bubbly songs um, so I guess maybe that's just my personal preference.
0: Yeah, no, I I like it as well. I mean, especially we were joking before the show that it's 1 a.m. here in Japan and I'm struggling to stay awake, not because of any reason other than that I'm old now and have to go to sleep early. But uh, this, the old man, you no these. Uh, this is like I have like my second wind thanks to this. It's, it's you know it's interesting that it's called Begin the Emergency Mission though because I just it's so. Light. laid back like, wow this is a chill emergency yo
1: yeah my notes are literally this is the most laid back emergency mission i've ever heard and also <laughs> the most celtic slash river dance emergency mission i've ever heard which is a good thing
2: yeah it's yeah. really weird i wonder you know what the what the context is maybe you know they're up late and somebody has to go downstairs and get like a midnight snack or something or you know what is the what, what is the <laughs> playful nature of this emergency mission it doesn't sound like it's overly serious um, so, again, not knowing much about the series, but just, you know, I actually pulled up the website, I'm looking at it now, and there's just kind of a slider of different photos from the series. It looks lighthearted and
0: upbeat, and,
2: um, but yeah, I mean, you look at the title, you're like, okay, I would not have guessed that that was what it was called. I would have figured this was called, like, Exciting Day in the Sun or something, but, uh, but okay.
0: Well, contrary to everyone else's expectations, the battle theme is Death Metal, so that that's where they get you. <laughs>
2: It is a very diverse soundtrack. So, um, there's something for everyone.
3: <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, it sounds um it actually sounds a lot like something I would hear in a gust game. Yes, I think.
4: You're right. Yeah. That, that yeah. light airy light gusts.
3: Yeah, I love that. I love all of their music so much and that's what it sounds like. I think that's why I like it so much. It seems kind of strange, but if
0: I was going to qualify it with like a single set of single phrase it would be watercolor even though obviously this is music but i do feel like this is like i get sort of it makes me think of threads of fate i don't know why but threads of fate i feel like had had a light sound like this too uh which in my mind is a compliment because i love that soundtrack but
2: uh Uh, well i mean i really uh, you said you listened to the whole thing steven but i i I suggest everybody to go check it out and listen to the whole thing and you know, really well produced, and um, again, a lot of diversity in what you're going to hear, so it was really hard to pick the, a song, but uh, I guess I just went for the upbeat, bubbly, exciting, you know, happy thing, so... Um, but yeah, it's a really good soundtrack all throughout.
0: It's a great one to end on.
2: Yeah. Well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, don't put
2: a I, think, I,
1: think, I think You Steve don't want it helps. to end. No, uh,
0: well, it's you know we got through it so we we got we 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 talked about everything so quickly and I was like wow it just seems like a shame to be ending so quickly. We have to have you on the show more often, Jason. We'll have to have you on a regular episode. Uh, yeah. So and enjoy our two-hour recording sessions with us, um, just so we can talk at greater length about something. I'll have to like think of a topic that would be fun for you. Uh, I think we're on. all
2: a little, you know, I, it's uh, eight thirty here on the the Pacific Coast and. On a weekend, I usually wouldn't um, be up this early. I think we were all talking about that before the recording started, but, uh, so I think, you know, even though you're falling asleep because uh, you're up late, I think we're all kind of just zombied out from being up early. (laughs) But yeah, I, I, I'm just trying to be polite to you, Steve, and I know you need to get to bed, so I was trying not to be too long winded in the discussion.
0: Oh, well, not at all. I, like I said, once we started going, it was, it was, it was good conversation and good music.
2: but were you guys surprised? I mean, I, I look back. You know, I have there's I actually <laughs> had written somewhere about all the stuff I didn't get to listen to this year. Um, you know, it's not an RPG, but, you know, I haven't been able to listen to, like, the Halo 5 soundtrack. Um, I didn't get to listen to the Bloodborne soundtrack, which I really... I'm kind of waiting to play the game. It's um, I'm playing through Dragon Quest Heroes right now, and after I finish that, it's going to be um, Bloodborne. But I feel like there's a bunch of stuff I didn't get to listen to. Um... Did, were you guys kind of underwhelmed with with a lot of the stuff that came out this year? Oh, Xenoblade Chronicles X is another
0: game I haven't played yet.
1: And, Underwhelming uh, cannot be associated with that game. She's no. a big fan
0: of Xenoblade. I, I, uh, Me too. I like the game. I love the soundtrack. Um, it's different. It's very different from uh, from Xenoblade Chronicles Shell Edition. Um, you know, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's Soleno, So it's you know it's, it's his style. But uh, I I definitely think it works well in that game. I actually, um, I thought there was just a stupid amount of great music this year, but you know, sort of by necessity of us, you know, running RPG fan music and doing the music podcast, uh, now frequently thanks to Caitlin and Mike, um, I sort of end up listening to stuff a lot because it's like, oh, well I have to sit here and translate or sit here and do, you know, work for five hours, so I'm gonna find lots of new music to listen to. Um, And I, you know, I heard some. I actually heard a lot of really interesting stuff this year. Uh, you know, I'm obviously way too obsessed with the Undertale soundtrack right now because that—that's some mm. outstanding stuff there. And then, of course, somehow in three or four months of existing, that game has inspired as many remixes as Chrono Trigger. So, uh, if one wanted to listen to Undertale alone forever, I think you probably could. Um, But, I mean, between that, um, the Xenoblade soundtrack is great. I absolutely love Silken's work on Heavensward. You know, I mean, I'm sure Mike... You know, I'm basically reading Mike and Caitlin's list as well.
2: Uh, Yeah, Yeah, so that's something I haven't listened to yet, either. I had made a little list. Bloodborne, Metal Gear, Halo 5, Xenoblade Chronicles X, Undertale, and... um, Final Fantasy XIV. I've listened to like the CD releases, but I've listened to the digital stuff. And they've been le- releasing all the Heaven's Word stuff um, digitally, so I haven't listened to it. Well, yet.
0: And and not to plug,
1: plug. In but the full soundtrack is coming out next month, so oh. on Blu-ray. So, oh,
2: well, I'll hear it then. Yes, so. I can't wait. I can't so that'll be my favorite of uh, 2016. Yeah,
1: hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, Mike and I will feature it next year music of the year for sure yeah so
0: dedicated just to just to that oh we could yes i i I have nothing but praise for silken's work on that series i mean i i really really liked the realm reborn soundtrack I, i yeah you know it had a it had that that distinction of being like we have to rebuild this game so there was your your usual spate of rpg tracks in terms of like different, you know, cutscene tracks and, you know, the forest area, the the, the nighttime songs. Uh, but with Heavensward, you know, this is the first time that team has sort of gotten to take a crack at the Final Fantasy XIV world without any pre-existing stuff to deal with. So it's just, it's like there's like four or five main themes in that soundtrack that just get worked into every dungeon, every battle, cutscenes, characters. So, like, it's so... Well, the connective tissue between one song and the other is so exciting. So by the time you're near the end of that game slash soundtrack, you know you're hearing this, you know the final boss track, and it's like a, just all these themes put together. It's I have a lot of I have a lot of good stuff to say with that one too.
2: Yeah, it's just kind of like out of nowhere though. Like Soken has not written a whole lot of music, and so for him to take the helm of Final Fantasy XIV um, and do such an amazing job, people are just like. What the heck where
3: who's this guy i I think i think that's pretty much true of like the game in general you know because yoshida produces it and i think he worked on what dragon quest 10 or dragon quest something before like nothing really big like he wasn't like a name that like people really knew like most final fantasy people until this game so i
2: didn't so why didn't koichi sugiyama do final fantasy 14 wouldn't that have been something
3: that would have been interesting (laughs)
0: And unexpected. Did he do? It? He did yeah. Dragon Quest X, didn't he? The MMO, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. He's doing Dragon Quest Eleven. He's the one that basically said that it's being made.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that he accidentally gave it. <laughs> yeah, we're but, totally um, not making this. Yeah, but, um, i not to it. Oh, I'm excited about that. It's gonna I, be really cool. You know, I'm not huge on the series. Uh, I'm, I'm, I I plan on. Giving Age another shot, and uh, I'm actually pretty excited for 7 on 3DS now that they're getting uh, getting it out in English. I've heard a lot of good things about that one. Um, man, 11 looks cool.
2: It does. Man, I'm going to play the 16-bit version. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right, because it's got the two versions. I love that. Yeah, yeah, the 3 d Well, there's like three versions, really, then. Because there's the the high-res PS4 version, the kind of blocky, you know, PlayStation-era but cell-shaded graphics, 3DS top-screen version, and then the 16-bit 3DS um, bottom-screen version. Oh, that's
0: right. What a cool idea. Yeah. All right, well, you need to sleep. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on Music of the Year, Jason. Um, Again, we'll have to steal some of your time later this year uh, on a topic, so if you can think of something you'd like to talk about, some interesting topic for music, uh, do let us know. We should... uh, well, have you back no, on in a longer we might, format?
2: We might have some uh, some RPG music coming out on uh, the Scarlet Moon Records, so you know maybe that's something to talk about. We're working on the we're just wrapping up Unraveled, um, Tale of the Shipbreaker's Daughter, which is a soundtrack that's uh, Hiroki Kikuda and Dale North are collaborating on, and so uh, it's sounding awesome, and I can't wait for people to hear it.
0: Oh yeah, I'm excited to hear that. I, rem- I was that's such an interesting concept for a game too. So. Uh, I don't want to keep you all day talking about it, but it, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing that as well. So we should—you should totally keep us abreast of that.
2: Will do. Thank you guys for having me. I had a great time. Yeah, thank,
0: thank you. you for being here. Yeah, thank you. And of course, Mike and Caitlin, thank you for getting up early on the weekend as well. And everybody, keep on listening because music of the year. Soldiers onward, sleepy host and all.
1: Welcome back to our next segment in our awesome Music of the Year extravaganza. Uh, Mike and I are joined for this awesome segment by longtime friends of the show, Matt Cunningham from RP Gamer.
5: Greetings.
1: And Don Kotowski from Game Music Online.
5: Hi, how's everyone doing today?
1: I think we're all good, right?
4: I'm fantastic. I don't know about you all.
1: Well, I'm much better than I was, like, five hours ago, so that's a plus.
4: That's the truth.
1: So thank you, both of you guys, for joining us, because it's basically now a Music of the Year tradition that we have you guys on as guests at some point during our uh, Music of the Year extravaganza. I keep using that word because it's true. It really is an extravaganza of music. So let's just get right into it with our very first block, and let's see, I think, Mac, you have our first pick.
4: Oh, yes. Um, The first pick for me this year is Silver... (laughs) As I trip over words, just like everybody else, is Silver Will Golden Wings, the game-opening version from The Legends of Heroes Trails in the Sky SC.
1: I love this track. I love the song, too. All versions of it are good.
4: Oh, yes. This one, was it was hard to pick one of these versions, but this one was the one that I preferred.
1: Awesome. And then, Don, what did you pick?
5: I chose The Forgotten Capital from Etrian Mystery Dungeon. Uh, it's a classic tune uh, from the Etrian Odyssey series, redone by another composer at Koshiro's company who has taken more of an arranging role in the modern remakes of the early games in the Etrian Odyssey series.
1: All right, awesome. So let's take a listen to Silver Wheel, Golden Wings, uh, the game-opening version from Legend of Heroes Trailed in the Sky, second chapter, and the Forgotten Capital from Etrian Mystery Dungeon.
4: Yes, so the pick that I mentioned earlier, Silver Will, Golden Wings, if I say it slower, it works so much better. Uh, there's a lot of versions that I could have chosen for this one, and a lot of great remixes of this. It was hard to really pick just one, because it seems like they've done lots of arrangements of it. There's been, oh, there was a, there's a great instrumental arrangement in the Kiseki uh, Super Arrange album that I wanted to pick, but... I chose the original, the opening, game opening version, because there's just something about this. Trails SC just really hit home perfectly for me for me this year, and I think it just brought back a whole lot of nostalgia. And this opening track, from where it just you know kind of whooshes in at the start, goes, whoosh, and then that second of a rest right before it starts into the cool violin sound. And I'm not good at instrumentation, so forgive me if I'm totally not nailing what instrument it is, but it sure sounds like violin. This is Falcom after all, and they tend to have like rocking violin sounds, even if it's not actually violins. But just how it changes and just builds up to that first start and hearing that during the opening part of the game, when it's, you know, starting that opening intro, It just flashed me back to what I loved about the first game, what I love about RPGs in general, and just the whole nostalgic factor of JRPGs. Just hearing that right at the start, breaking into the music, it it reminded me of like old school, like Lunar back in the day. Some of the better, like the cheesy fighting through the darkness that I absolutely love from the original Sega CD Lunar that's what this kind of reminded me of minus the cheesiness it was just that strong perfect start to a game and it you know it also flashes you back like i said to the first game the first chapter where it was just silver will and there was a big fight between uh lieutenant lawrence and agate back at the very start of that and oh just everything about this it was just a nostalgic filled track for me and I love just the vocals I wanted to pick this one because I do love the Japanese vocals and it just flows so perfectly this is one of my favorite openings if not you know an all-time favorite track of all you know, all-time favorite of all time if that you know that's a thing right
1: it's totally a thing sure yeah no that's that's great I love this opening too because I uh, I got introduced to the Kaseki games and the music I think through this podcast. We played the arranged version of Silver Will uh, from second chapter uh, way back when and I thought it was really awesome and loved it and I was surprised that it was a boss theme from the first chapter and then I was even more surprised that there was a vocal version and that it was the opening of second chapter and I thought that was so cool to have to bring back that theme into Showcase yeah. it right at the start of the game.
4: Just a motif. It just builds on everything, doesn't it? That's that was the great part about it for me because hearing that when I first started SC just set the whole mood.
1: Definitely, yeah. The only thing I, I wish that those openings would repeat. Like, <laughs> it's great that you have them once, but oh, Falcom, please, please let them. They should play whenever you boot up the game. Which, frankly, they seems to have started doing with uh, Trails of Cold Steel but yep. ugh, I want to hear this song every time I boot up the game.
4: <laughs> so I played it on PSP so I never actually went back to the title screen or the intro screen again so it was just the first time it started up that I actually heard it in-game <laughs> but it was it's still good for me. Sleep mode for the win!
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I love the, the beginning of that a lot too. I really like... Well, any song that has that kind of like slow build up. Especially when you have a violin like that. And I don't know either. I'm just gonna say it's a violin. I'm sure it is.
5: I'm pretty sure it is a violin. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And and the best part too, like I said, the vocal version of this is what I really enjoy because it seems like everything just constantly builds throughout the song. And Like I said, the opening swoosh going into that, and then the violin, and then you have kind of the background vocals just slowly building into it until the actual lyrics start. And, oh, just absolutely love it. I'm I'm so glad when, like, Japanese games come over and they keep the original Japanese intro. It's rare these days that we see things swapped out. And, you know, there were some good ones back in the day, or at least cheesy good ones from the, the working design days that I really liked, but I, I don't care if it's in another language, if they, people don't think it's going to do as well. I think it really works, and it just kind of keeps things natural. I, I really love that. And no, I'm not taking a stab at Leona Lewis and Final <laughs> Fantasy
3: XIII. Oh wait, maybe I am. Maybe you are. You know, I think it's it's definitely more accepted now, especially. I mean, the kind of the companies that bring out these games now—you have Xseed and Atlas and NIS—the kind of games they bring out and the market they bring them out for—I think a pretty large percentage of those fans want the original, so like yeah. they don't need to go through and redub it, unless there's like licensing issues, I guess. But
4: yeah, and that tends to be very rare. They tend to keep things as you know traditional, or not as traditional, but as standard as possible, the most natural translation of a game and the most natural experience from the Japanese version. I really appreciate that because I think it works, especially with this track. And like I said, if you haven't listened to this track, uh, listeners, listen to every version of it. There are so many out there. Like I said, you know, there's multiple versions of it just within the Trails SE soundtrack itself. So listen to all of those, find the Uh, The Kaseki FC-SC super arranged version. Listen to that. The instrumental one there. It's great. Just every one of them. Go through there and listen to it because it never gets old for me. Team (laughs) Agate.
1: Well, moving on then, let's talk about the Forgotten Capital. And Don, I don't. I don't know much about the Etrian games besides that they have awesome music and this was a really awesome piece as well. So tell us a little bit about it.
5: Okay, well, I'm going to get the year wrong because I didn't look up ahead of time, but uh, I want to say 2006 or 7, maybe? I want to say, maybe or after that, I'm not quite sure, but the Etrian Odyssey series first made its debut in Japan. And it was a homage to like the old school first person RPGs back in the day, like wizardry and the like. And who else should compose such a retro soundtrack than Yuzo Koshiro, who's been around since the 80s, doing what he does best with his FM synthesis uh, style music. However, as the years progressed, uh, some of the games were remade for the 3DS, and even the new ones for 3DS moved to a, you know, more live instrument style. And uh, the Eternian Mystery Dungeon, which was a collaboration that shocked everyone because it was leaked by some retailer before anything, like for with a for a US release before, it, you know, before it even Atlas had announced it, and. So I was expecting some old music and some new music. It's mostly music from the first four games arranged by both Koshiro himself and then another composer, Takeshi Yanagawa, who works at Ancient alongside Yuzu Koshiro. And he decided to tackle many... Tunes that Koshiro himself already arranged for the 3DS remakes of the first two uh, games in the series. So his version of Cotton Capital was not something that I expected at all, because when when you first hear it open, it's like this very angelic, kind of calm uh, tune that doesn't hint at the original melody at all until like 45 seconds when that... String comes in and just starts subtly playing the main melody, and then it just flares up into like this regal and dramatic fanfare. And it's just probably my favorite version of this theme. And it's been done, you know, in the original FM version, the remake by Koshiro, and then also on a few arrange albums when they were released back in the day. So it's just one of these tunes that I think is great because it's such a strong original, but because he also took it in a direction I wasn't expecting.
1: Yeah, I definitely got that sense myself, not even, you know, knowing the original music. It's the Like you said, the way it starts off, you thinking it's going to go one way, but then it kind of slides sideways a little bit, and that was... That was very cool and there it had almost kind of a I don't know kind of a military waltz feel to it with the uh, the the pacing once the once the this sort of the beat comes in and you have some some brass and percussion bursts that uh, jump in every once in a while it was kind of making me imagine like a, a, a royalty or a nobility having kind of like a you know a ball or something or or, or whatnot and I would say it's having no idea what what the imagery is or what you're doing there, but it was kind of evocative in that sense. And that was a cool
5: kind yeah, of Yeah, I'm not sure how it's used in this game because I didn't make it that far. I know it's in one of the later later dungeons, but no, I don't want to spoil it for people who are maybe just getting into the series and playing the Millennium Girl remake, but it is definitely not what I would expect from that track knowing the setting that it originally plays on if that makes sense
4: that seems to be about par for the course with a lot of the Etrian games they tend to like some of my favorite tracks from those I haven't played the games but I'll listen to them and look at the title and it will say like Labyrinth number four and it's just you know that you're in there and you're going to be fighting a lot of stuff but it just it's such a peaceful or a calm theme or such just a pretty lovely theme, or in this case kind of a, like you said, a, a militaristic or a, a royal theme is what it sounded like, just like you said, Caitlin.
5: Well, the reason that uh, the series' music, at least for the first two games especially, are so peaceful for the dungeon themes is because it, the entire game takes place inside a tree. So, the fir- you know, in, in the first game, the first dungeon is a very just peaceful forest-looking And then it moves on to more like a jungle, and then it gets to like a rainforest, and then like a desert forest, and then this one, but I'm not going to say what that is, (laughs) because it's a big (laughs) spoiler.
1: You're you're saying you want to keep the mystery...
5: I want to keep the mystery.
1: (laughs) Petrian Mystery
5: Dungeon. I I, mean, yes, Petrian Mystery Dungeon, but I'm not quite sure if it is... The design of the dungeon it's used in is reflective of how the original tune is used but i i imagine that's probably some influence later
1: mike did you uh, have any thoughts
5: don't put me on the spot like that
1: <laughs> that's my job is to put you on the spot
3: <sighs> yeah i know yeah i liked it a lot i didn't know don told us off air but i i like that this game has a lot of Arrangements from earlier games in the series. Not that I'm really familiar with the other ones either, but I do like this one. And it's it's for what's? Do we call it a dungeon crawler? I guess so. But for what's a dungeon yeah. crawler? I wouldn't have expected something so peaceful as this track.
4: Yeah, Etrigan Mystery Dungeon's a a weird mashup game as is, <laughs> so it's it tends to be unusual. Does it? Are all of the tracks within the Soundtrack that you've heard, just remixes of the original Etrian Games, or is there anything Um, original?
5: No, there is a a lot of original music. Most of the dungeon music is remakes. Like I know they have a new town theme, a new opening theme, and some event themes and stuff that are new. I would, I want to say twenty-five percent, roughly, is probably new music. Okay. And 75% is remixes
4: or uh, of the first four games. Gotcha. I didn't know. I know Mystery Dungeon is really just a thing. It isn't, you know, there's plenty of Mystery Dungeon type games. And I haven't followed any of their soundtracks other than this one. So I wasn't sure what kind of ties it has. It seems way deeper into the Etrian side of things than it does any of the other Mystery Dungeons.
5: Yeah, I think the only thing that really ties into the Mystery Dungeon side of things is that while all of the classes are based off of existing Etrian classes that you pick when you make your your party, they have a new Wanderer class, because I guess Shirin the Wanderer was what kind of popularized the Mystery Dungeon series, so Mm -hmm. they added a Wanderer class that kind of can create shortcuts throughout the throughout the dungeon so you don't have to backtrack it as
4: much. I did enjoy what I played of it until it got to be too tedious. I know we talked about that a little bit before, but (laughs) it's a fun concept that I think could use some tweaking. And if that meant we got another one with more music, I would be down for that.
1: Well, speaking of fun and music, why don't we head on to our next block in which I believe, Don, you had the first pick?
5: Um, yes, and I chose uh, a tune called "Sherlock Holmes, with the Great Detective of the Foggy Town," from the Great Ace Attorney. Um, it obviously hasn't been announced for localization in the United States, but if you go by the the Japanese name, Dai- Daikuten Saiban, it it's it,
1: it, a it, Daikuten Saiban Naruhodo Dinosuke no Boken, which is like. You said The Great Ace Attorney, The, uh, the Adventures of Ryunosuke, Naruhodo, in which I'm, I'm hoping or I'm assuming that Narohodo as the last name is an intentional uh, nod to the phrase Naruhodo, which would make total sense for an Ace Attorney game. So
5: I'm, I'm sure it is. Because even in the other tunes of the soundtrack that I didn't choose, they do give a nod to the Ace Attorney series with some musical references as well.
1: All right, and then I, Mac, you have our next pick.
5: Yes, it
4: was an unusual music year for me. Some of the ones that I liked, and this was one of the better soundtracks. So I chose Artemis from Lord of Magna, Maiden Heaven, and for reasons to which I hope Caitlin will appreciate when I talk about it.
1: Ooh. I can't wait. So let's take a listen to, here's another very long title, Sherlock Holmes, the great detective of the Foggy Town from The Great Ace Attorney, uh, The Adventures of N- Ruinosuke Nadeguldo, and Artemis from Lord of Magna.
5: That was the Sherlock Holmes, the great detective of Foggy Town from The Great Ace Attorney. And the reason I chose that one is because I really like the, I don't know, I get a very European sense of it, which is not something that I would typically find in an Ace Attorney game, at least in my experiences. And the fact that... uh, It also reminds me of Professor Layton a little bit, and the reason I say that is because the same composer, whose name is Yasumasa Kitagawa, composed the Professor Layton and Ace Attorney crossover game, so I think some of that style carries through, and plus, I mean, how often does Sherlock Holmes get such an awesome theme in a Japanese-made video game? I'm thinking not often.
1: I'm thinking it should happen more often because this is a really fun piece of music to listen to.
5: And yeah, I really like the- oh, sorry.
1: Well, I was going to say that uh, you mentioning how it sounds European, that's sort of how how I feel. Like I, I actually wrote down that it kind of reminds me of other representations of Sherlock Holmes that I've heard in popular media, like in movies and TV shows and whatnot. With the instrumentation, you've got, you know, some strings, some accordion. There's, it's got a fast sort of pounding uh, movement to it. So th- that was a really cool thing to have, you know, a little bit of a recognition there. This sounds like something you might associate with Sherlock Holmes or with uh, mystery uh, de- detective stories in, in, uh, in London and whatnot. So that was cool to have that there as a as sort of a oral or a sonic sort of theme.
5: Oh yeah, definitely. And there are a lot more, especially of the European characters whose tracks are just stellar, but I I, I had to choose one. But they're all very much in that style and something that you would expect of, you know, industrial age, you know, London. That's how I guess I would describe it.
1: Well, we were talking over the break about what's going on in this game and Mike you were mentioning sort of what the premise kind of is it's it's a prequel to the the rest of the Ace Attorney series isn't it
3: right I mean I don't know firsthand because we have no idea if this game's going to come out in English but since I don't know if Steven's talked about it on here but he might have maybe kind of played through like five of the games in the last couple months he like just discovered the series all of a sudden and maybe also made me buy it and Me too. Yeah, but he. My understanding is that it's an ancestor of Phoenix Wright, and then he teams up with Sherlock Holmes in London. So that sounds, it sounds really so cool. awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if there's any chance it's going to come out here. I think they might have said it by now, but I'll keep my fingers crossed because I just love the idea of that.
1: Who wouldn't want to team up with Sherlock Holmes?
4: Like no kidding. Except Watson most of the time, because he usually gets the short end of the <laughs> stick on most things. And in this so.
5: game, Watson is a female. I know that much. Oh,
4: cool.
1: Oh. It's
4: just, like, just like elementary.
1: I was just going to say, yeah, which I thought was a nice twist.
4: Is she played by Lucy Liu in this game? <laughs> what was that? Yeah. <laughs> is she played by Lucy Liu in this game, like on the elementary TV show? <laughs> Of course not, but would have been nice. Uh
1: That would be cool, yes. Well, speaking of cool, Mac, your pick has got a really cool beat to it. Like, right off the bat. Yes.
4: Something about the Lord of Magna soundtrack was just, it caught me off guard because I wasn't expecting anything really special from it, and I wasn't familiar with um, the composer, at least not by name, and... I don't think I've looked up super specifically what else has been, what else they've worked on. Uh, Morita?
3: I did. Like, tell me. Like 10 minutes anything ago. Anything that
4: stood out? I was about to say, I thought I remembered looking up and seeing some of the later Shining Force games, possibly, if I'm remembering correctly, but I can't remember what else.
3: I think I saw that she did, like, Shining Force Neo. Okay. But it looks like most of the stuff she's worked on has been the Rune Factory series.
4: Okay, and I guess with it being Marvelous, that's working on this one, that would make sense. But the reason I picked this track from the soundtrack is because a lot of these tracks on the Lord of Magna soundtrack, but especially this one, kind of reminded me of Falcon. Just something that the Falcon sound team would put out. It reminds me, like, of an ease battle, or not, yeah, an ease fight scene, or um one of my favorite ease tracks is ancient land from e-cell setup yes it just it reminds me of that feel that you get it's just one of those and i agree you know on the soundtrack cd that you get it's such a short sample of this of this track but when it plays in game you know it, it loops really well reminds me how well it loops reminds me of um i keep bringing back lunar for some reason but uh second overworld from lunar silver star how it just and if you loop that track it just and continues on and you know enjoy my musical interpretation which is awful but still if you've ever heard that you know what I'm talking about it it just works so well and it's so action packed which is just perfect for this game despite the fact there's a lot of talking the music really helps you ignore some of the slower parts, <laughs> so I enjoyed Lord of Magna for what it was, but the music really is what kind of set it out for me and made it something that I'll actually remember from this year, and it just sounded very Falcom, which is the best compliment I can give it.
1: Yeah, I this reminded me a lot of something, like a, a specific track that I've heard, and I couldn't put my finger on it, but you mentioning Falcom... I think that narrows it down because it does have that sort of Falcom sound. So especially with the um, the use of the strings throughout, I, I love the, the chunk like um, around 30 seconds in when the strings are just kind of going crazy, dancing up and oh, up yeah. and up and up. It's really a cool part. So I'm wondering, is the rest of the soundtrack this sort of fast paced and energetic? Because this is really awesome. It's
4: not necessarily as fast paced but so much of this soundtrack really does remind me of Falcom. There's one on there called The Decisive Battle, another great one, which of course is a later boss battle, but it's just got so much energy to it and so much tension to it. Even the standard encounter, which I guess I'm trying to remember in game, but from the title, you would imagine it would be just a random battle that you're fighting one of the non-boss battles called encounter even that one just has some good buildup it's just got some low tension that just kind of builds throughout this soundtrack completely caught me off guard because every bit of it was just really really solid and Artemis is the one that reminded me the most of a Falcom game it reminded me of ease or maybe one of the Koseki battles or you know even like silver will, golden wings it kind of reminded me of that at some points too but yeah the entire soundtrack is good and i highly recommend just checking out everything from it
3: it's really interesting where you can find music as good as this in well the next part of the podcast that no one has heard yet if you're listening to this but i picked a song like that too from a sort of adult oriented visual novel uh (laughs) of all, <laughs> not that I played the game, but I knew the composer, and I won't uh-huh. get into the details. No, no, wait, nudge, nudge. It, no, it's the composer. Well, I'll, I'll talk about it later. But and I'm, I looked at the game, and I know, like, I will never play this game. And I was so surprised at how good the music was. Not not at all like this. Very different, but it's not where I would expect to have heard that kind of music. You know, same with this. Like, I don't really know much about Lord of Magna, but I'm. Eh, probably not going to play it anytime soon. But I had no idea because I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it. So I would not have thought that there'd be music like this in there. So, of course, now I got to check out the rest. Yeah, very, very cool song.
1: That's what we do best on this show is we, we play awesome music that makes you want to listen to more.
3: Yes, you cost us all a lot of money. (laughs) <laughs> or we cost? How's that work? We're costing ourselves. We cost lot. ourselves.
1: Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, it's the price we pay for having lots of fun talking about awesome video game music. And there speaking,
4: worst things in life—that's for sure.
1: Yes. Well, okay. Speaking of awesome music, we still have one more block left in this segment. Uh, and Mac, I think you had the first pick.
4: Yes, I finally finally get to heap some praise upon takiharu ishimoto which i've been like pushing you all for years and years and years and i say years and years it's probably only been a year or two to do like a full ishimoto podcast and it just it needs to happen because i love the man his music is just my favorite he's become one of my favorite composers so when we finally got final fantasy type zero coming out the hd version in 2015 how could i not how could i not pick one of the tracks from that album and it was near impossible to narrow them down and there were two that i was really really debating between and two very similar tracks for that reason but i went with rim tokimiya as my pick and I will talk more in detail about it
1: in just a bit. All right, awesome. And then Don, you have the last pick of the segment. What did you pick?
5: I chose a track from Tales of Zestiria, which on average, I would say is an average Tales game, but in terms of the overall soundtrack, I would say is above average, both for the composer that typically composes for the series, Motoi Sakuraba, but also because it features music from Goshina, who composed the oft-forgotten Tales of Legendia, but his music is never forgotten from that game, I don't think, because since it was the 20th anniversary, they got the two most requested composers for the series to compose a soundtrack, and I'll talk more about the track I chose, um, which is called Testing the Passionate Bonds, after you listen.
1: All right. Well, let's listen to Rem Tokimiya from Final Fantasy Type-0 HD and Testing the Passionate Bonds from Tales of Systeria.
4: favorite new composer and we've talked there could be dissension in this track and that's okay because i welcome it rim tokimiya and the other track that i was debating between was makina's theme and i forget what his last name is at this point but it doesn't really matter i love ishimoto and one of the things that i do like is how he tends to get a play on a theme for a game and reuses it throughout in different styles. And Rim Tokimiya is just one of my favorite renditions of that. I just, I love the little sweet piano theme where it starts. It's just kind of calm with an underlay of, uh, an underlay of kind of feels like maybe violin, but it's just kind of a string feel underneath. And, oh, I just really like how it, builds and builds and builds and I've kind of used this as my like wake up ringtone not really ringtone but alarm for the last little bit because it just it's got a nice calm feel there at the beginning and it builds becomes something stronger and then goes into just such a melodic theme that I just oh just love the guitar sound that kicks in I'm I'm a huge Ishimoto fanboy and make no excuses for it, none whatsoever, and have just loved that style. And it was a hard choice, like I said, between this and uh, doing Machina's theme for this, because (sighs) the only reason I didn't pick Machina's theme was because I enjoy the original Type-0 version, not the HD version of it, much better. Much, much better. It's, it's kind of lacking some of the underlying musical themes in the HD version that the original had. But I think that uh, RIM's theme holds up really well in this HD re-release, and it doesn't lose as much of the integrity. If you've played Type-0, and this is where I'm going to get on my soapbox for just a little bit, I want to know, and I haven't looked into this, so I, I could, I'm just lazy and haven't. I want to know who was the sound director for final fantasy type zero because they take one of my favorite soundtracks of the past few years and then they reuse some of the most obnoxious tracks over and over and over they take some of the most beautiful music from the game and play like a 10 second sample of it at certain key points that you can't control the dialogue so you can't just not progress the dialogue and actually listen to it you only get tiny chunks of the best music when you're actually playing the game so i want to know who the sound director was if it was ishimoto then he needs to be smacked i don't i don't think it was him but whoever it was that decided i'm going to take this great soundtrack and just chop it up and not let people hear the best parts of it Oh, it just breaks my heart, because I love the soundtrack to all, oh, just to the ends of the earth. And I was a big Crisis Core f- fan as well, and I enjoyed pretty much all of that soundtrack, with the exception of uh, some of the more repetitive battle themes. There's there's a lot of good in with the bad in that one, but the good really outweighs the bad in, in my mind but i feel like the public has only really heard some of the more annoying type zero and crisis core tracks and it's such a heartbreaking thing if you liked if you liked this one at all if you liked rim tokimus if you like that theme whatsoever look up the original one the non-hd version look up the look up machina's original piece look up machina and rim that's the title of it machina and rim such a beautiful look up the arranged version there's um i can't remember if that's specifically what it's called but i think it's the um rims arranged version and makina's arranged version also part of the soundtrack they're just such beautiful music I, i just can't stop gushing so i better stop gushing and let you all talk because i could just go on and just ramble and gush forever and somebody needs to stop this flow of gushing so please do <laughs> and that sounds like a medical condition that somebody needs to have looked at oh we, we need to call yeah. a
5: doctor well i mean no i can step in now or you can step in now it's fine either one
1: well um
5: well, i'll go ahead if we want to
3: control the gushing we could let don step in yeah,
5: no. Oh, well, I mean, it's difficult. not going to be... I'm not going to gush. I will say that of the Ishimoto tracks of this game, this is one of the better ones I enjoy, and I do think that Type-0 is his best effort to date. Yeah. I, if no, I were to have chosen a Type-0 track, I personally really like the, the fires of Suzaku. That's probably my favorite.
4: I feel like that's probably a a favorite of most people. It's one that more people have heard, or at least will reference. So but then, I can understand also, that. I like its more calm tracks, though, on this CD or on this. And there's
5: also some of the open. I, I don't know what the English titles like the one of the opening tunes, like we will overcome or something like that. It's like the second or third track on the soundtrack. It also uses the same theme. It's you know the main theme in some variation. I can look it up at some point but I, um, I can't think of it offhand.
4: <laughs> that's alright they, they do all tend to have similar themes to it um, but yeah, oh man, the soundtrack quick primer, I'll just go ahead and spit some out, just because, you know what you've given me an opportunity to get on a soapbox given, I'm going to take it um, <laughs> if, you're, if you did like it at all like I said, those that I mentioned already listen to also Servant of the Crystal I really enjoy that one and, yeah, I'm just drawing a blank for the actual names, just like you are. I know them when I hear them, but the titles of these are eluding me for for whatever reason. I'll stop guessing now, sorry.
1: <laughs> well, what i what I really love about the entire Final Fantasy series is we've had a lot of different composers over the years between the main entries and the the spin the spin-offs, the side entries, if you will. and I love that they all have a distinctive sound to them. I mean, they, you know, different composers, they should have a distinctive sound, but we've had a lot of different styles over the years in Final Fantasy. And love him or hate him, I really think that Ishimoto is one of the most distinctive of the, the, the Final Fantasy composers that we've had. Uh, I, I would say it's sort of like, this is like rock Final Fantasy, he loves to use Uh, A lot of, you know, uh, sort of some metal influences, but also just having sort of a nice guitar beat present in a lot of his tracks, and that's kind of cool to have that. Um, Sometimes it can be a little overwhelming. I actually, I would agree with you, I I prefer the original uh, version, uh, the non-HD version of the soundtrack. Um, Some of the tracks in the HD version are a little too, almost too overwhelming with how they've been mixed and whatnot, um, but there's there are some really interesting uh, tracks throughout both versions. Um, he does an interesting thing with melody, and it's not the expected melodic tune that you might have you know heard from in years past in Final Fantasy, um, which. I always I, I appreciate the unexpected, um, especially when it comes to a series as long-standing as Final Fantasy. You kind of have to have a little uh, surprise and unexpected to keep things interesting and and and, uh, and fresh.
5: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I do like that the series has a distinct musical sound throughout its various various games. That's one of the nicer things about the series, even if the music isn't always the greatest. And that goes across, you know, the entire series. There's always tunes that make me wonder why the heck that was even greenlit, like Jose Temple. <coughs> but.
1: Crazy Chocobo, anyone?
5: Hey, oh, well, yeah. please. I've, I've grown to like
3: Crazy Chocobo for some reason.
1: But it's because even... you think you can ride
5: that chocobo, right, <laughs> I can oh.
3: ride that chocobo. <laughs> 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 You're
5: getting me all hot and bothered, guys. But, <laughs> just kidding. But even as much as we at Game Music Online aren't the greatest fans of Ishimoto, and this is a little plug, we did do a little mini-interview with him earlier this year after he released Type-0 HD, so feel free to... Head over to our
4: site and take a look at it if you prefer, if you want. And I do. And I think I might have read it, but I'm going to read it again.
3: There's a song... I don't even know how old it is now, but I, I've been listening to Overclock Remix since... Well, since it was orange. Whatever year that was, since the site was this bright, blinding orange color. So for a long time, back when every track on the site was in one single drop-down, which I don't think they can get away with doing that now. Well,
5: that's, that's a long time ago.
3: Long time, yeah. But one of my oldest tracks, I'm not sure how old it is or even who did it, but there was a remix of Tara's Theme from Six, and it actually sounds a lot like this one. It was kind of a guitar, but it was really... It had the same really heavy bass, slow pace. So it's really dramatic, but it's still like slow, and I like that a lot. I don't know I'll find it if it's even still available it was called Terra in Black but great great remix and this sounds a lot like that and I like it for the same reasons because I like that it's it's well I already said but it's very dramatic but and it's kind of loud I don't know it's it's an interesting pacing for a song that sounds like this usually expect them to sound a little faster more upbeat but it's it's kind of almost introspective I think it's a good description, I think. I like that.
1: Yeah. All right, well, we've, we're at the last track of the segment. So, Don, this is a really fun and not at all ta- a typical Tales-sounding track, um, probably because we haven't had Goshina uh, score tails Tales game
5: in a while. yeah, since 2005. <laughs> it's been too long. Well, I mean, he's probably composed a couple of tunes for some of the spinoffs, but he hasn't really, you know, had a chance to contribute a whole CD's worth of music. And you mentioned fun, which is funny, because in my notes when I was listening to it before this, even though I've listened to this tune for since February, um, all I wrote was fun, 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 Spanish flavor, fire, fire, fire. And <laughs> And the reason I wrote that is because, as you said, the track is tune uh, It's fun. The track is fun. I don't know why I said tune, um, and it obviously has a clear Spanish, fl- uh, you know, flair to it. And I say fire, fire, fire because it is used in the fire trial dungeon in Zestiria. And the and I could have chosen a Sakuraba track because it a lot of the some of the tunes are a lot better than some of his previous tombs um, in the series. But I don't get the chance to, you know, you don't hear something like this in Tales too often. And I don't know what magic Goshina uh, has, what kind of magical powers he has, but no matter what game he composes for, no matter how big or small the game is, he always manages to secure a budget for an orchestra or actual instrumentals, players. So, that's, I don't know how he does it. If it's one one track for a fighting game like Tekken, let's bust out the orchestra. (laughs) Or if it's for this game, let's bust out the orchestra, and then his style is so distinct, even across the whole gamut of game music composers. Um, I like to to think of his music as flamboyant. That's that's how i describe his music, and the fact that this particular track, you can have, you know, flamenco, guitar, accordion, electronic music, strings, at least like, you know, the whole kitchen sink and throw it all together and make it sound cohesive and like it all belongs together is just a crazy feat. Yeah,
1: that was one of the things I... Wrote down listening to this track was that it had this it really great mixing of different kinds of instrumentation, like the the Spanish sort of you know flamenco kind of guitars, and there's some some crazy trumpets going at different points, and even some some weird like uh, moon synths at some point. That was kind yeah, of yeah, was yeah, like yeah, what's yeah. what's that doing here? But I like it.
5: Yeah, it all flows extremely well. And all of the music he composed, he, he did a couple battle themes, a couple that play in like major battles, um, a couple, uh, a few dungeon themes, also the various elemental trial dungeons, and a few character themes. They really stand out compared to the other tracks on the soundtrack because A, they actually used, you know, real people playing instruments. I'm not quite sure why. The other, per- and Sakuraba didn't get the same treatment for him because in the past Tales games where he has at least some budget for a, you know, a few instrumental, uh, a few instrument players like in the Exilia series where they actually have live violin, those battle themes really stick out compared to the other Tales themes because I think he writes well when he gets a instrument budget for real players. I I, I think his music is elevated a bit. That's probably what I would say. But, but all of Goshina's music on here, I absolutely love all 17 tunes, even the crazy Way of Cats, which is just this weird amalgamation of cat meows and chip tune and, and, like, kind of jazz, and it makes no sense, but it's, it's a really catchy tune. But, most of the music that he wrote on here is pretty catchy and blends a lot of styles together.
3: I have to look up that song as soon as we're done here.
5: I, the I way we of all Kat. do. Yes, <laughs> it's, 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 I wouldn't say it's my favorite on there, but it's also one that you can't forget.
3: <laughs> it sounds like it, yeah.
5: And I, I, because I know that the Bursaria is still part of the 20th anniversary while it hasn't been confirmed, it would be nice if he were to contribute again. I know that Takarab on board based off of the trailer music that's been revealed so far, but I guess we'll have to wait a little longer to see if Goshino will make a, you know, another appearance on the next tale soundtrack. I hope he does.
3: Yeah, I mean, based just on this track, I hope he does too. I I like. Besides everything you guys have already said, I really love the bit in the middle where it just goes, suddenly it's acoustic.
5: Oh yeah, the the acoustic solo is really great.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's just an interesting break and then it goes back to the regular song, but I like that a lot. It's like you said before, it's it's kind of, a lot of this is unexpected.
4: (laughs) Everything sounds like a samba. It's just really kind of... Just, yeah. Flamboyant is a great word for this. At least I think so. It had me dancing the entire time.
3: I do too, yeah, for sure.
1: I do three.
3: That's not an expression. (laughs) It is now. (laughs) Okay, because Caitlin (laughs) said so. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah.
4: Great music, though. I want to listen to more Zasteria music now. That's what these podcasts always do. Just... Mm. Now I have to listen to more music.
5: Yeah, even the hysteria also... like Sakuraba stuff, the the main theme of that game, which is also the main theme of the character, Saray. it is so simplistic, but I kid you not, it is the one song this entire year that I could hum for, like, on the spot, because it's just it's so simple, and so catchy, and it's used... In the ending theme, it's used in all three of the normal battle theme variations. It's it's just everywhere, and despite how simple it is, it's only a few notes. It's it's just it's repetitive, but it's it's catchy at the same time.
1: Well, I think we all have a lot of music that we want to hear more of, based on your uh, your selections. So. And that is unfortunately all we have for this segment. But we're not done. We have more to come, uh, so stick around. But for for myself and Mike, uh, I want to thank both Mac and Don for joining us and keeping the Music of the Year tradition alive.
4: You are super welcome. Yes, thank you for having me yet again. Absolutely.
1: All right. Well, like I said, there's more to come, so keep listening.
6: Aristides,
7: Aristides, Aristides